1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
0: per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Now, the WBBM Noon Business
0: Hour. Twelve oh three on June twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Thanks for joining us for the Monday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. Tips on boosting your credit score—we'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the busy week ahead includes data on housing, as was mentioned just now by Ann Cates, as well as inflation and consumer spending. Joining us with a preview is Tom Hudson, a week ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami, Florida. Tom, let's uh let's, let's stay on the topic of housing uh, sort of a, an interesting report uh, when it comes to pending home sales
1: yeah the idea there is folks that have got contracts but they haven't signed all the papers just yet and for anybody who's experienced that that home purchasing journey it is a journey to get to that destination to get the keys to the uh, front door uh it it's a positive sign but not a huge market importance here we did see mortgage rates dip a little bit in May uh, from the sharp trajectory that they took in uh, March and April. So that could be a sign that buyers who were waiting to sign on the uh, dotted line waited for that uh, little drop in uh, borrowing rates. But since then, Rachel, borrowing rates have, have shot up again over 6% now for a 30-year mortgage.
0: Interestingly enough, too, uh, the, the supply of homes for sale has, has sort of finally started to go up. And, and I think that yeah. that might be something to consider, too. If If there's yep. more options, maybe interest rates don't matter so much. At least if it's the per if it's that perfect home that you've been looking for
1: it does give the buyers a little bit more leverage when they have more than one home to select from, right? Because the supply of homes for sale has been so thin for so long during this pandemic that it has been a seller's market. Maybe that's beginning to, uh, to ebb just a little bit to provide a little more power toward the buyer, but still not much, still pretty thin supplies for homes for sale.
0: And let's put that into perspective, too, with pre-pandemic numbers. I know that pending home sales are up, but overall, I mean, this is nowhere near, pre-COVID?
1: No, far from it. Still very thin supplies, uh, regionally speaking. And obviously, we're in the, the home buying season uh, in Chicagoland, right? I mean, it's great weather. It's the summertime. Families want to get kids situated before the next school year, for instance. So now's the time that you would... Traditionally, expect to see an uptick in home sales.
0: Another report today uh, is that of durable goods uh, seeing an increase there. Can you tell us a little bit about what might be behind that? Yeah, a little positive news here for the economy. A macroeconomic picture continuing
1: to develop. That the 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 the, the, the economy, despite what the stock market thinks may be happening in six or nine months, the economy uh, today seems to be on pretty solid ground. New orders for products that are meant to last three years or more, TVs, couches, uh, cars, airplanes, that kind of thing, uh, generally up pretty good. And uh, seventh increase in eight months in the month of May for new orders. So pretty good appetite here. But again, we're kind of in a market, stock market environment, at least, that uh, good Economic news leads to the worry of, oh, the Federal Reserve's going to have to continue to be uh, even more aggressive on interest rate hikes for longer than expected. It's a weird market right now, Rachel, right? Where good economic news today actually spells, oh, a more aggressive Fed longer into the future, possibly.
0: Thanks so much, Tom Hudson, a week-ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune's News Services based in Miami, Florida. Coming up, we'll tell you everything that you need to know about those three-digit credit scores.
2: The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Is your credit score accurate? Joining us this afternoon with what you need to know and how to check it is Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com based in New York. Uh, Ted, if our life can be boiled down to a three digit number, it would be our credit score. But uh, we are saying that maybe it's not accurate or there are other factors to consider here.
3: The Federal Trade Commission says that about one in five Americans have errors on their credit reports. So it's definitely a good reminder. As you said, this is one of the most important numbers in your financial life. I would suggest regularly going to a site like annualcreditreport.com, which is a free government-mandated site. They're actually giving free access to your credit reports weekly through the end of the year. You maybe don't need to check that often, but at least every couple of months, I think it's a good idea to check up that everything is accurate, there's no mistakes, there's no identity theft, none of those kind of problems.
0: And it's safe to, to look at your report. I remember sort of hearing this this stigma of the more you check your credit score, the lower it gets. Don't do it. Leave it alone. When you're checking yourself, it's
3: just a soft inquiry. It's not going to affect your score in any way. A site like annualcreditreport.com, that's actually only showing you the report. You don't get the score itself. So that is an important distinction. There are some places that will give you free scores. Uh, FICO scores are the most used in lending decisions. So a couple of places that give them for free are Experian and Discover. And many people can also get them through their own financial institution for free. Experian and Discover give them to everybody. Um, But a lot of times your bank or credit card company will provide you access. The report is arguably more important because it's it's all of the underlying information and that's really where the error is gonna show up. The score is just kind of the three-digit encapsulation of that.
0: Now you mentioned that that one in five, is that what you said? One in five people have some type of error on their credit report. Can you give us some examples of what that might be?
3: Yeah, it could be just outright identity theft, an account that doesn't belong to you, some fraudster stole your name, your social security number, your date of birth, all this other information, and they opened up a fake account, that's probably the most harmful example, because especially if left unchecked, you know, that can be a problem. It can be hard to unwind. I like freezing your credit, too, by the way. That's a good free thing that you can do with the three major credit bureaus to prevent that kind of unauthorized account opening. But other errors could just be simple mistakes. It could be your information got kind of garbled with somebody else's, maybe a similar name or social security number, uh, maybe a payment that you thought was on time was mistakenly recorded as late. Um, There's all kinds of stuff that can happen. So it's good to be your own advocate and check up on this regularly.
0: And it's good to do so with a reliable source so that you know that both you and a potential lender are looking at the same number, the same information.
3: For sure. Yeah. So Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, those are the three big credit bureaus. Um, You want to make sure that you're pulling those reports regularly from a site like annualcreditreport.com or perhaps from your bank or credit card issuer. It's always good to do this regularly. um, But if you haven't done it in a while, make a note to do it now. Definitely do it before applying for a loan or line of credit because you want some time to get any mistakes Rectified. You don't want to find out when you're in the car dealer's, you know, parking lot or office um, or when you're applying for a mortgage. You want to know as soon as possible.
0: Thanks so much, Ted Rossman, industry analyst at CreditCards.com based in New York.
2: Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Well, the NFL is considering Sunday ticket offers from Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Joining us with the details is Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Tom, let's be clear, though, this isn't for the upcoming season because that's still going to direct TV. This is for the, the following season, but we are still haven't heard a decision in this process.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right, Rachel. Uh, DirecTV still has the Sunday ticket for out-of-market games. And word is from other media sources that this has come down now to Amazon and Apple. Uh, Disney wanted it for ESPN, of course, but word is that corporate is just balking at the price, which is going to be something around $2 billion, with a B, dollars per season for the out-of-market rights to the NFL. And as you mentioned, DirecTV has it now. But they paid $1.4 billion, and that expires at the end of the uh, coming season. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here between Amazon and Apple. TV may keep a piece of it for restaurants and bars. But uh, one of the big over-the-top streamers sounds like they're going to get it.
0: What do these streamers have to gain? Because let's be honest, $2 billion isn't nothing. Is this uh, going to open the door to new subscribers who, who maybe don't want all that is TV and can just now sort of have an a la carte option of, of NFL games?
4: Yeah, I think that's exactly. You know, it's going to be huge not having to install a dish on your house um, and change inputs to get NFL Sunday tickets. So I think there's it's one of the big things that the streamers are going to have to overcome. The reason I kind of foresee a lot of this as being sort of an intermediate, intermediate technology is there's so much friction um, to basically change channels. This might help that a little bit, but yes, um, the, big, the big thing here for the Sunday ticket is to drive subs to either Prime or to Apple Plus. Um, that's what it's for. It comes at a severe cost at $2 billion per season. And that leaves the big question, which, what's it going to be for consumers? How much is that going to cost? CNBC did a survey I thought was pretty interesting. Shows $150 bucks is about the upper limit. And when you do the back of the napkin math um, that Brian Sullivan did on this, DirecTV has 2 million NFL ticket subs right now, but $150 bucks a month at that price on a $2 billion deal, Amazon would need 17 million subs just to break even. So, Is it a loss leader? Is it just to drive subscriptions? Good questions.
0: Thanks so much, Tom Layson, a media analyst based in Seattle, Washington. Still ahead, pet retailers thrive despite fears of a recession. And at 1249 this afternoon, a visit with our Monday afternoon stock picker. Temp check.
1: What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer or a wake me when the sun sets summer?
2: This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Supreme Court sides with a high school football coach who sought to pray after the game. More on this is just ahead. We're one day away from the primary election here in Illinois, and that means a lot of local races are on the ballot. Pet retails thrive despite fears of a recession, and it's Stock Picker Monday, so we'll have some investment ideas for you on this midday. WBBM Business, the Dow Down 20, 24 points. The Nasdaq off by 57, and the S&P 500 down 7 points. AccuWeather says sunny skies, a high of 79 degrees. Temperatures fall to the low 60s tonight, then another beautiful day tomorrow. Sunshine, a high of 85. The WBBM Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The Supreme Court has sided with a football coach from Washington State after his controversial actions during a game. CBS News correspondent Jim Kersula has details.
5: And yet another controversial Supreme Court ruling. In a 6-3 decision, the court has ruled in favor of a former public high school football coach in Washington State who sued after being suspended from his job for refusing to stop on-field prayers with players after games. The court held that free. Exercise and free speech protected the
2: coach's right to pray. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: It's certainly uh, been a seesaw day for Wall Street as the stocks have fluctuated between uh, negative and positive territory Joining us with the details is Jim Welsh, a macro strategist and portfolio manager of Smart Portfolios based in San Diego, California. As we work to get him on the line this afternoon, we'll take a look at Wall Street briefly as the Dow is down 30 points, the Nasdaq down 62, and the S&P 500 is down 7 points. We're now joined by Jim Welsh. Jim, can we talk about some of the factors that are at play with today's trends?
6: Well, part of it, uh, Rachel, is just, you know, the market had a big move up uh, uh, Friday, and some of this is just digestion, if you will, after that uh, move up. And, uh, you know, we're seeing bond yields tick a little higher, which is impacting some of the big blue chip uh, growth stocks.
0: And I want to specifically discuss, have stocks found a bottom or is this a rebound from some oversold conditions?
6: Well, it definitely is a rebound uh, from oversold conditions. You know, the s and uh, I mean, most averages were in bear market territory. A lot of stocks were down closer to 30% than 20 And so the market looked at the drop in oil, the decline in Treasury yields last week, and the guess and hope is that that means the Fed won't have to follow through on the rate increases that they've penciled in. I think that is still... Uh, out, I think the Fed will go 75 basis points in July for a number of different reasons. And I think in speeches, Rachel, they're going to kind of drive that point home between now and mid-July.
0: It's interesting because today we're seeing sort of uh, I want to talk about some gains that I'm seeing, and then I want to talk about a, a couple uh, of losses. But BioNTech shares have advanced by about seven percent. the drug maker uh, saying that it's going to revamp its its covid nineteen booster. Uh, and we're also seeing gains um, specifically with the energy sector. Uh, can you sort of is, is there still room to grow there?
6: Well, I think the key on energy, obviously, is going to be oil prices. Despite the big decline that we saw over the last couple of weeks in crude oil, it held a rising trend line going back to last March. So that uptrend has not been broken. So I think the energy stocks, after getting hit about 20 to 25%, are getting a bounce and will probably bounce a little bit more. The key there is going to be China. China looks like they are going to be moving to open up their economy more, which means the demand for oil should go up. And that should support oil prices in in, you know, in coming months. In terms of the individual news on the company you mentioned, it's responding to the news, uh, and people are looking at that as a favorable sign.
0: In these kinds of bear market rallies, is it about getting a little too oversold, a little too negative, uh, or is it about really sustaining the rally?
6: Yeah, no, it's, it's a combination. I mean, obviously what happens in a bear market, you keep hitting lower lows, lower highs, and when you stretch the rubber band too far to the downside, you get snapback rallies when the, you know, the bleakness of uh, the news gets a little less dark, and I think that's really what we've, we've seen. Uh, I think for a major sustained trend, we're going to need to see a shift in monetary policy uh, to, to really provide investors a clear signal. In the meantime, the economy is going to show more signs of slowing, and as I said, I think the Fed is going to continue to talk tough in terms of, uh, you know, what they're going to do to bring inflation down.
0: You mentioned a shift in monetary policy. Can you elaborate on what that might look like? That would move. Well, at this point in time,
6: instead of going 75 basis points in July, maybe they go 50. Instead of 75 or 50 in September, they go 25. So, in other words, a lessening in the magnitude of rate increases. There's no doubt the Fed is going to have to continue to raise rates further in coming months. It just comes down to, are we going to take big steps or more gradual steps? I'm in the camp, and I think they go 75 in July, but I think the door is open for September, uh, Rachel, if we see inflation come down and more signs, especially that the labor market is starting to open up a little bit. I'm not sure they'll have that, but I think that's going to be the key thing when we see the employment report come out next Friday.
0: Thanks so much, Jim Welsh, a macro strategist and portfolio manager of Smart Portfolios based in San Diego, California. His website, MacroTides.com. Up next, the pet space is defying a slowdown for retailers.
2: The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: Well, during the pandemic, more and more people got pets, and that means that many companies took advantage and cashed in. Some analysts are even calling the industry defensive. Joining us is Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. And uh, Jennifer, as a pet owner myself, I can tell you that I don't care if there's a recession. I'm I'm never going to not spend money on my pet.
7: (laughs) And that's exactly it, Rachel. I mean, everybody is going to, you know, people know that your pet offers so much comfort and you give so much love to your pet. So yeah, you're going to prioritize your pet needs, uh, you know, as you're making your spending purchase. So if there's a recession that which we fully expect could happen, then we are going to see people realizing that, you know, spending on their pet is not a discretionary spend. It's totally a non-discretionary spend and you and I both know that I've got a pet laying here, and he may very well start barking at any moment.
0: <laughs> well, here's the other thing. From, from a consumer perspective, when it comes to pet care, it has never been more easy, more convenient. I'm thinking of all these online, even subscription mm-hmm. services. for I, My dog food gets delivered every four weeks. I don't even think about it.
7: <laughs> exactly. And it's, I mean, there's all kinds of everything you can do online too. You know, the deliveries, you can get a raw meat subscription for your pet if you want it. I mean, you've got lots of apps out there that you can use. But I mean, one of the things is, and let me throw a couple of stats at you. The whole pet food industry pre-pandemic was about 118 billion, you know, in itself. But Morgan Stanley had a report out that they think it's going to go up to 275 billion by 2030 and if we get into a bull market where discretionary spending isn't doesn't tighten up we could see it go much higher than that into 320 billion the other thing that they're saying is that 66% of households have a pet and 40% 7% of those are dogs 34% are cats and then you know others and then finally 65% of 18 to 34 year olds and here's why this becomes defensive these become defensive stocks and why, you know, because this, this trend will continue. The, you know, the millennials and Gen Xers all say they plan to acquire a pet in the next five years. So then we're talking about a 14% increase in pet ownership. So there's a lot more fo- for- Furry customers out there than there were.
0: Well, and and those furry customers are going to be around for a while. I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is, and I think pet owners know this. It's a responsibility, but from a consumer standpoint too. I, I mean, I know that this is something. This is some money I'm going to be spending every month for years.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you think about vets too, and and you know, like you, your your pet's sick. You're you're running to the vet to see what the problem is, and then you're likely spending more in there than then there's a the whole pet insurance industry too but the other interesting part about this is that as i you know was looking at through this you know you think about companies like Chewy or PetSmart you know that are you know we know those names and everything but there are a lot of other uh, more established companies that are getting into the pet food or pet business so to speak Archer Daniels for example they've they've bought a number of nutrition companies like a like a pound baby and pet dime, you know, their su- supplements. They've got a lot of treats and nutrition out there. General Mills, they bought Tyson Foods pet treat business. So you got like the top two. They, they, and they also own Blue Buffalo, which, um, you know, is considered a pretty wholesome brand. And then you even got a company like Tractor Supply Company. They've gotten into online pet subscriptions, they've gotten into vet advice, into pet washing services. I mean, these these are companies that, you know, I mean, what do you think of when you think of General Mills? You think of cereal, not pet food.
0: But that's just it, is they're going to try and tap into this market because, uh, again, it's been doing incredibly well, uh, regardless of of what the economy is reflecting. This is Chicago-based business writer Jennifer Waters. Thanks so much for joining us. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, a pair of stock picks from a money pro
2: loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Well, it's Stock Picker Monday, and joining us with a pair of investment ideas is Chris Johnson, market strategist at Johnson Research Group based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Chris, great to have you with us. What's your first pick?
5: Hey, we're here talking about Merck today right out of the gate.
0: Okay, now Merck, this is uh, a pharmaceutical company.
5: Absolutely. So uh, the way this is set up, it's a truly technical trade in this market where we've seen nothing but bear market signals. Merck is actually starting to break out above the $94 range. Obviously, July is a seasonality period that is strong typically for pharmaceutical and biotech companies. So that plays a little bit of a tailwind to the play right now. But the fact that we see Merck continue to get approval for the COVID-19 vaccines and then moving forward with. You know, a lot of the thought that the pandemic may make another resurgence in the late summer. This is just one of those trades that continues to follow a strong trend, which is hard to find on Wall Street right now.
0: And that's Merck, the uh, initials MRK. Chris, what's your second pick?
5: Second one gets into the retail sector. and Retail has been very hard to trade for the last six months as we see consumers pulling back on the purse strings. Ollie's Retail. O-L-L-I. This is one of those companies that is like a TJ Maxx or something of a discounter. They're a little deeper discounter. And with the supply chain that has been affecting the retail sector for the last year and a half, what you're finding is that Ollie's has a great, great, great stock right now. So, in other words, they have things that their shoppers are wanting when they're looking for deep discounts. And, again, going back to that idea of the consumer pulling in those purse strings, They're looking for bargains all over the place. Right now, Ollie's is offering them, and the stock is bucking the trend in the retail sector. And this is ticker symbol O-L-L-I, bucking the trend in the retail sector as it has a trend that's improving with the 50-day and breaking to new six-month highs here at $63. So I like Ollie here over the next four to six weeks for sure.
0: Again, just recapping those picks, that's Merck. The ticker MRK, and Ollie's Bargain Outlet Holdings, O L L I. Thanks so much, Chris Johnson, market strategist at Johnson Research Group based in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. That's A U D A C Y.
5: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.